Welcome to the Wannabe Hunting Podcast. This is your host, Amos Medford. Thanks so much for joining us today and listening. We appreciate you tuning in as always. And I'm super excited today to bring you an episode with Mr. Nick Palacios out in Texas. He's with DNA Archery and they've got a cool thing uh, going out there. Um, Really encouraging uh, first generation bow hunters. And uh, Nick has a cool story of, of getting into bow hunting, getting into hunting. And uh, I really enjoyed talking with him, and I think you guys will enjoy the, the conversation as well. And uh, a lot of us are definitely uh, either uh, steaming along, practicing with our bow, you know, looking uh, looking ahead to uh, deer season, or uh, some folks breaking them back out for some summer practice. But either way, I hope your turkey season has gone well, and I hope you enjoyed the uh, turkey series on the podcast. But Uh, Today, we're looking forward to uh, talking with Nick and hope you guys enjoy as well. Thanks again. Correct. Yep. Austin, Texas. Awesome, man. I appreciate you coming on today. Um, I'm actually fairly new to following you on Instagram. I saw some stuff you were doing with, uh, I think it's called DNA Archery. It's kind of a new thing y'all have going. And uh, I was just super impressed with the the photography and the content and everything i was like this would be a cool guy to talk to about uh bow hunting and everything i'm a, I'm a new hunter a new bow hunter everything's you know relatively new to me so i'm always up to up to learn but uh man if you don't mind just kind of introduce yourself let us know uh what you've got going on and uh, maybe go into how you got into hunting yeah, man, absolutely. Well, Amos, I want to just say thank you, man. I appreciate you having me on. I uh, really appreciate you taking the time to, to bring me on here. Um, I got, I'm also new into archery and, and bow hunting as well. Um, I actually got into it after my 29th birthday last year. So a little over about a year and a half, uh, something I've been wanting to get into for a while. Uh, ever since like 2016, I, I'm originally from Northern California and never grew up around hunting. Uh, I had a grandfather who hunted, but unfortunately he, he had passed away when I was real young and that was never anything that the rest of my family was ever into. So it was kind of nothing that was ever talked about growing up. And if it was, it wasn't really in a positive light. You know, it's kind of the stereotypical type of hunting banter and stuff that people have stereotypes connected to with hunters. So it was never anything that I got to really uh, go down. Uh, I never got to go down that lane when I was younger. And it wasn't until I was about in like my mid-20s that I started to get a real want to start trying to hunt. But again, not knowing anybody in it, being in the area that I lived at the time, it was kind of just like very far off. Didn't really seem like it was something that was going to be possible just because there's so much that goes into it. And in this day and age, you know, there's so much content, there's so much going on in in the hunting space that it's kind of hard to know like who to follow, what to listen to, you know, do I want to go rifle hunting? Do I want to go bow hunting? (laughs) Uh, So it, it was real daunting at first. And it wasn't until, like I said, about a year and a half ago, I, you know, just got a wild bug just to be like, you know what, I'm going to get a bow and I'm just going to start shooting. I'm just going to see if I really do like it. And I, I scoured the internet for a couple of weeks and finally landed on a uh, 2018 bear approach that this guy was selling here in town. It was, uh, it was in great shape, 400 bucks for a bow, arrows, the release, he gave me some books and uh, a target as well, too. So I got all set up and I ended up taking it to Cabela's, which is the only place that I knew of that could do that, which in hindsight, I, I would never do that again, just because it was uh, didn't get set up the best way. So I was able to get my first arrow to shoot, though, which was fine. 
And uh, from that moment on, man, he took me to the back, he took me to the back room and they had that like 10 yard, tar- 10 yard uh, shooting range there. And from the first time I released that arrow, I was immediately hooked, man. I was just like, there's something that lit up on me where I was like, man, I can't believe that I have not been doing this my entire life. And at the time I'm 29 years old and it, it's weird to be at that age and find something that you like eventually built a very deep passion for. It's not really, you know, you kind of get older and you get set in, in your ways and you think you have your hobbies and it's, it's very few and far in between to find something like that. So I, I, I think of myself as incredibly blessed and super grateful that I was able to find um, archery. And again, I'm lucky that I live in central Texas and we have a great club out here called the Austin Archery Club. It's a 60 acre open bow hunters course. They have a static range. Um, they have field target archery range as well too. And I would just go there three, four days a week and just shoot tons of arrows, man. And even before that, I was looking at places throughout Austin here that I could go and just take my target and set up. So I would go to a park where nobody was at and go to the very edge of the park and go shoot my arrows and people would look at me all funny and stuff. So it, it was kind of awkward at first, but it was, it was, it was good, man. I just, I wanted to get the practice and I spent weeks just going down the rabbit hole and I found, uh, you know, John Dudley and Cam Haynes and, and Remy Warren and the guys from Meat Eater. And I was just soaking up all their content, you know, just trying to learn as much as I could. Uh, I'm, I'm a very competitive person by nature. So uh, I always feel like I'm very behind the eight ball when it comes to archery and bow hunting, you know, because for the most part, you know, people grow up doing this and, you know, they're second, third, fourth, fifth generation hunters, you know, pe- parents grow up, grandparents teaching them. So, I'm like a sponge with everything that I can trying to just really learn all the ins and outs of things, making sure I'm doing it the most correct way that I can. And, uh, you know, really the main reason why I wanted to do it was to test myself and, and to be able to be self self-sufficient, being able to get my own meat. And, uh, you know, I'm, I come from a fitness background, so, you know, eating clean and working out is, is very important to me and the allure of having the adventure to be able to go out on public land and go to be able to hunt my own uh you know hunt my own animals and and get harvest that meat was really important to me so i spent so i picked up that first bow in march and after the first month i was you know super into it shooting i was trying to get anywhere between 100 to 150 arrows a day and i was getting and i was i was doing that very consistently and i came across a total archery challenge online and they were doing it in San Antonio a couple of weeks away from me. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and sign up for it and just try it out. It looked super fun. Didn't really know too much about it, but I had heard in a couple of podcasts from some guys talking about it and it sounded like a great time. So I signed up for it and ended up going by myself just to, you know, see how I do. And for any, any of you guys out there that haven't tried a total archery challenge and are new to archery, um, or even if you've been in, in archery and, and bow hunting for a long time, I heavily suggest that you do it. It's going to test your skills to the max. I mean, you're going to get every different type of shot scenario, uh, ranges from, you know, 20 plus yards out to a hundred plus yards. And it's just the best time, man. The, the archery and, and bow hunting community is, is such a great one. You know, again, I, I, I say this a lot, but I'm very grateful to be in a community of people that are so inclusive and always wanting to see you better yourself. And that's something from day one, I've always felt, you know, you, I've reached out to a ton of people, um, you know, just asking for tips and things like that. Everybody's been super forthcoming and very open to wanting to help. And I had went to that first total archery challenge. And on the first course, I, I shot the Leopold course 
at uh, seven in the morning. I wanted to get the earliest knock time. So I did, I got to my first course and I ended up meeting who are now two of my best friends and business partners, Alex and Derek, that uh, are also uh, newer to archery and, and bow hunting as well. Alex is also a first generation bow hunter and Derek is as well. Derek kind of grew up hunting a little bit like rifle hunting with his family and uh, Alex didn't either. So, uh, you know, we had, we had met and we clicked from the jump and we ended up shooting all day together. Get, you know, started a really great relationship from then on, and they all live in Central Texas as well. So over the next eight months leading up to whitetail season, I mean, we were practicing together at the archery club pretty much like two to three days a week, just getting in as much reps as we could. And uh, yeah, man, that, that's how I ended up getting into archery. Right. And they had invited me to go to Derek's lease. They have a lease out here in West Texas, and it's beautiful, man. You, you've got whitetail turkey, hogs, tons of exotics out there. So, I mean, you pick, pick, pick any type of animal out of the hat and you've got access to it, uh, access to it there. So uh, we had set up a, a weekend trip to go to their lease. And we, again, this is about from the day that I got my bow to the first time I went hunting was about eight months. So again, I did as much research as I could because I really wanted to ensure that when I got my first opportunity to draw back on an animal, I, I wanted zero type of worry or self-doubt in there to be like, okay, I'm 100% ready to do this. And I know that I'm going to be able to make a clean ethical shot. And that was my, that was my, like my main uh, goal and focus leading up to this. <laughs> so we had gotten to Derek's lease and I was stoked, man. I was so excited to get there. We started, uh, you know, we got, got out, got all of our stuff set up and we got there in the, in like a, uh, like mid afternoon. So we were going to get set up to do an evening hunt there. And mind you, I've, I've never been hunting before. This is my very first time. And, right. uh, you know, D Derek showed me how to set up blind. You know, we went out there in Texas, you can, you can, uh, hunt over bait. So we did that. We laid some feet out. We found a really nice watering hole, uh, down one of the pastures there by the cabin where we were at was you know or the idea was set up the blind let's go ahead and set it up in a thicket of cedar trees and get ourselves set up and just kind of see what comes by get you know just give me a little bit of experience in the blind and it was awesome man you know from right around i'd say about an hour before sunset we started to have deer come in and it was so cool man you know just the experience of being in a blind sitting there quiet just listening to everything around you watching the animals kind of interact and do their thing when they don't know that you're there is, is a really beautiful thing, man. And that's, again, that's another thing with archery and bow hunting that you get to experience nature in a way that most people never will. You know, most people don't get to experience that, don't get to be in that situation. And it's a very powerful thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, it wasn't until the second day. So this was, uh, we did three sits up until then. And we kind of just let some let some deer pass through us and kind of see what was coming through. And we had spotted a doe uh, the night before and we, we were saying like, oh, that, look, that looks like one that we could, you know, that we could potentially harvest, but waited until the next morning, kind of see what came by. And that second morning, it was real quiet. I think we had like one or two deer come by, nothing, nothing that was, that was worth, you know, being able to take a stab at. So it was about eight or eight 30. We were like, all right, let's go get some breakfast. Let's come back for an afternoon sit and, uh, and see what comes by then. And we had walked out of the blind. And as soon as we walk out of the blind, like 40, 45 yards away, there's a deer on the other side of the fence there. Mm -hmm. And Derek and I look at each other and we're like, all right, this is definitely a shooter. Let's go ahead and just be quiet. Let's work on our stock. So we walked in about another 15 yards or so to, we got to about 30 yards. And I looked at Derek and I'm like, I, I'm comfortable with this shot. So 
she was feeding a little bit, kind of popped up, looked at us. She she saw we were there for sure, but didn't really pay us any mind. So we were able to creep in, like I said, to about 30 yards. And while she was feeding, I stood up, drew my bow back, and then uh, she popped her head back up. I gave her, I gave her a little, uh, little mat. And as soon as she looked up, released my arrow, hit her right between the shoulder, right behind the shoulder blade. She kicked up, ran about maybe, maybe about 50, hundred yards, something like that. And, uh, fell over, died right there very quick, uh, man. And I was just, the rush of emotion that you feel after that is just unreal, dude. It's, uh, yeah. especially after, after, you know, almost a year of preparation and practice and all the arrows and, and all the content and podcasts and books I went through, uh, man, it was such a gratifying feeling, uh, you know, definitely, you know, you just kind of just get a rush, you know, it's just, you're, you feel like you want to cry your heart is beating through your chest and in your throat. Uh, but man, I get, gave Derek a huge hug and we were stoked and, uh, you know, we were able to, to harvest it that night and get it all quartered. And we cooked up both those back straps last night, man. It was a very, very powerful feeling. And from that moment on, man, I, I burnt the boats and I've been both feet in the boat since then. Yeah, that's fantastic. And there's so many things that I identify with and I appreciate that you said one thing that I really made a mental note on was uh, early on you said something to the effect of that it's hard. Um, yeah. You know, like it's so easy. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm a, I'm a terrible golfer, but you know how easy <laughs> yeah. it is for me to like grab my golf clubs and go like go golf on a Saturday afternoon. Like it's so yeah. easy. There's nothing to it, you know? And it's like, whatever. Yeah. But hunting is like a different animal. Know, like it is a quote unquote hobby, um, I guess yeah. people's definition, but it's like, it's a different deal. Like you don't just grab your bow. I mean, I'm sure some people do, don't get me wrong, but uh, you know, you don't just grab your bow and waltz out there. Like there's so much preparation. There's so much thought. There's so much uh, research involved because to your other point, there's a lot of information out there. So if you're new, yeah. um, which one, <laughs> which one do you listen to, you know? And Exactly. Of, sifting through what's available to hopefully put yourself in the best, best position possible. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the thing, man, is, uh, you know, again, with the community, like I was saying, you know, everybody, everybody's super forthcoming and willing to help. Right. So I got a lot of that early on and I still continue to, and that's been something that I've been very focused on. Derek and Alex have been very focused on is, is ensuring that we get back to people, you know, anybody that hits us up, you know, we're always wanting to help them out immediately, you know, whether it's, you know, getting some gear information, you know, giving them some feedback on stuff that we've tried that worked or didn't work, pointing them in the right direction for people to listen to, because I'm by zero stretch of the imagination, an expert or anything in the field, but I'm incredibly passionate. And I, when I, when I put my mind to something and, and I really dig my heels in, man, I, I do the research and I, and I do it the right way. And that's something that as far as my work ethic goes, it's, it's bar none, man. I, I, that's just something that I absolutely love. So anytime anybody's willing, wanting to uh, come out and, and ask me for advice, man, it's, it's super humbling. And I'm always wanting to make sure I put them in the right direction, you know, and pay that forward for them. Yeah, no doubt. And I've certainly experienced that too. You know, I've, I was looking for a bow a while back and I had, you know, guys giving me like legit recommendations. And I mean, one guy ended up basically facilitating the bow I bought. Um, end up going with expedition, but, um, nice. you know, it is amazing to me how, how, like you're saying, people are very, very willing to help, very willing to, uh, to give you some input, you know, and not just like in a salesy way, like here's what I shoot, yeah. but like literally <clears throat> telling, you know, giving you the, you know, giving you the info and it's, 
has been mm-hmm. really encouraging for me to, to see that and shoot people, you know, messages and actually get responses and stuff like that is, yeah. uh, you know, it's really cool. And I, I, man, and I, I, I definitely second that. I believe it has a lot to do with the experience of what a hunt entails, right? It's extremely hard. There's not a lot of success, right? You know, you can go on 10 hunts and you might get successful one or two or three times out of those 10, regardless of how much you practice, you know, regardless of how much work you put into it, because you're, you're also at the mercy of a lot of different variables. And in that process, it's extremely humbling, you know? So when you do find success, you know, there's a, there's a lot of gratification to that. So I think that that just speaks to a lot of people's character in the hunting space and, people are very forthcoming. You know, there's not a lot of ego that's associated with it. Obviously there's, there's a couple of caveats to that, but uh, for the most part, man, every, everybody's super humble and, and inviting and inclusive in that regard. And it has a lot to do with just the experience of what hunting is. Oh yeah. I mean, it's a challenge. I mean, I've, I know I've, I've done more right hunting than I have bow hunting at this point. In fact, I, I've never killed an animal with a bow, not yet. So that's, mm-hmm. a, that's high on the list right here, but it's like, man, you hear some people talk and it's like, uh, you know, you're not a real hunter if, uh, if you're not like, you know, 17 miles back and all that, which I'm all for. Yeah. But uh, it's like, man, I've got like, you know, corn and a rifle that can shoot 400 yards. Still can't yeah. things like this is hard. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, absolutely, uh, man. It's, yeah. you know, it's all, and it's all to anyone's preference, but you know, at the end of the day, if you're out there and you're trying to test yourself and you're trying to put meat on the table for yourself or your family, man, there's a lot of respect that should go into that and, and to be given to somebody. Yeah. And kind of like, um, you know, like you're saying as well, the, the bow hunting is kind of like its own deal. Cause I've talked to guys who like, you know, they're like, Hey, I grew up duck hunting, mm-hmm. whatever, but now they're like hardcore bow hunters because yeah. they tried that. Like it just like takes over, you know, the, the, the shooting, the practicing, the tuning for yourself and, you know, building arrows for yourself and stuff like that. It just starts to, you know, grow and grow and grow like the passion around the, the bow hunting itself. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's so many variables that go into it and it's just, a, it's a deep rabbit hole once you get into it. But, you know, for me, it's something that's given me a really deep purpose. You know, um, I bounce around, uh, a lot of, a lot of different types of jobs and never really wanted to stick with them you know, you kind of get into them for a year, you feel like you kind of like wore yourself out, or you've kind of learned, learned, gotten to yourself to the ceiling or, or whatever to that extent. And with this, it's just like, I, there's zero end in sight for me. And there's always something that I can continue to get better at. You know, it's reinvigorated my my passion for, for fitness and exercise, because now I have something specific to train for on a year round basis. Uh, been able to tra- change up my training for that as well, too, which has been awesome. And that, that was really the main reason why we started DNA Archery. You know, Derek, Alex and I have a really big passion for this and we want to get it out to as many people as we can. And again, by paying it forward and, and helping get new archers onto the right path to becoming a bow hunter, or helping new bow hunters that are, you know, maybe in the position that we're at or little bit behind us um helping them get give a, give them a good direction to be able to run with so that way they can find success for themselves you know that that's the whole premise behind what we do at dna archery is bridging that gap for people and helping them get off the starting blocks yeah that's that's super cool and, and i definitely um want to give you a, some time to you know say anything further you want to say about uh, dna uh here in just a minute um but i haven't been following you that long i think i just caught Derek, Nate, Alex, DNA, 
know. That just me. Yeah, yeah, ex- yeah, yeah. So yeah, DNA Archery just stands for Derek, Nick, and um, it it was just a name that we had come up with, and we were just like, man, that's it's a really good name, right? You know, because it's something that again we have a really deep passion for, and it's something that we do feel is, I mean, it it's something that's in everybody's DNA. You know, nobody would be here if it wasn't for the people that were able to go out uh, and and hunt and forage for meat and food for their their tribes. So that's grew up and it's ingrained in our DNA. So it's just kind of very serendipitous that we ended up becoming befriending each other and, and building such a great friendship together. And, you know, the acronym for our name just happened to be that. So we ran with that and, you know, it's, it's been awesome to see the support that we've been, we've given, we've been given, man. Um, you know, we, we always try to make sure we put out, you know, valuable content that's, you know, professional that gives people value as well too. So that's where, you know, the whole tagline, you know, first gen bow hunter came up, you know, Alex, Alex had actually, actually brought it up. I think he was thinking about changing his name on Instagram and he had like a variant of that name and a couple extra ideas off. And then we landed on first gen bow hunter and we were like, wow, that's a great name. Cause we're all again, first generation bow hunters. We didn't grow up, you know, we didn't grow up doing it. Right. So we all had a calling for it and we were like, man, this, this is something that's, it, it could really be big. And a lot of people have gotten behind it and really felt like a, a deep connection to it because it's something that's so prevalent and so ingrained in us that you can go out with a bow, forge your, forge your own meat, harvest your own meat, and bring that back and share that with family and friends and see the, the excitement in them, be able to get together and create more memories based around that meat, you know, whether it's, you know, getting together for a barbecue, having a dinner with your family whatever it is, man, there's just so many other things that come along from that experience of just going and hunting, you know, let alone the the memories and the, and the bonds that you forge with, with your friends and family that you do, that you do go on hunts with. So uh, again, man, the support that we've gotten from that has just been super humbling and it's been awesome to see. So we're, we're really excited to, to continue to see where that goes. Yeah, no doubt. And I definitely love, you know, the idea behind it. And uh, like you said, just from, just from kind of scrolling through previous <clears throat> I'm, I've really enjoyed seeing what y'all are putting out. So I'm looking forward to continuing to follow along, but as it grows and, uh, you know, see where it goes from here, but, uh, Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And one thing you mentioned, you've mentioned a few times now, like the food aspect is a big motivator and, yeah. and I will never forget from the first year, um, though that I, I killed about five years ago now, um, you know, we had some family over and I grilled the backstraps now like i will never oh yeah like serving that to them like you know i harvested it i cooked it you know i served to them like and they loved Mm -hmm. it and it was so good and um you know that that feeling is unless you've done it it is it's impossible to replicate i think and uh it's it's one of the best parts i mean I like it all. I mean, you've talked about how much you love the practice, you know, shooting the bow and pushing yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, the fitness side and trying to uh, keep yourself in shape for hunting. And like, there's so many things involved and, um, you know, you can, I'm sure everybody has their favorite segment or things that, you know, they Mm -hmm. make more or less than others involved with it. But that aspect of it, the, the food aspect, not only is it good, healthy meat, but you know, it's something that you're able to go and provide kind of independently or on your own, you might say. And it's, uh, it's a really cool feeling. Nothing like it. It it really is, man. And that's, it's just every part of the process for me is, is extremely enjoyable. You know, obviously some things are a grind, but you know, I I love them all equally. 
and the the main thing for me too is just really what you're able to what you're able to build with people that are your friends you know it's it's a great way for men to forge a really deep bond and go through something that's hard like that uh and that's something that one one of our friends Colin Cottrell he's owner of high caliber hunts we went on a hunt with him uh, a couple weeks ago in May and uh, Colin got a great group of guys together. His whole thing is is building camaraderie for men through through hunt camps. And he's really reinvented what a hunting camp is. And for anybody that hasn't checked out Colin and high caliber hunts, I, I really suggest that you do. He puts on some great camps and uh, gets some some really interesting guys from all different walks of life together. But man, get, getting men together in, in a hunting camp and, and experiencing what that is, you know, whether you're a new hunter or an experienced hunter, anybody is welcome. And it's really great to just get together and bounce ideas off of each other, be able to network. And uh, again, just, you know, forge some new relationships and bonds that, you know, you could take with you for the rest of your life going through something like that. Yeah, it's definitely a cool idea. And uh, I think I started following him through you guys already. So it's oh, nice. cool, cool what he's got going on. Um, mm-hmm. A little bit more about like some hunts he's been on or um, since that first doe. Um, you know, maybe what animals you've had an opportunity to harvest, if any, or kind of how that's gone for you. Yeah, man. So uh, I was able to harvest two, two doe last year. Um, so we went back out during whitetail season last year and I was able to harvest my second doe, which for me was almost more exciting than the first one because of just like the shot situation that, that I had had at the time. Um, I had my, my, I had lost my rangefinder like a couple days before and, I was being a little stubborn and I was like, man, I don't want to shell out another 300 bucks for another rangefinder, Right. So I was like, you know what, I'll, I'll go ahead. I'll make do without. And I figured I would be sitting in a blind with one of the guys and they both had theirs with them. So, uh, we, it ended up working out to where, uh, Derek and Alex were going to sit in a blind on the other side of, of the, of the lease there. And I was going to sit in an, ele- in an elevated uh, tripod stand. So that's where you, it's, it's about 20 feet up off the ground and you kind of overlook the area that you're at. So what I did is, is luckily I'd met somebody at the Austin Archery Club that I go to and practice at a lot. Um, he, he was like, Hey man, this, this is something that's helped me out a lot. Right. So you basically, you take your range finder and this is so you don't have to pull it out so frequently when you do have an opportunity to come up while you're hunting. He's like, take, take a lay of the land, see what lands, see what landmarks are in front of you that are relatively close, right. Say from, you know, 10 to 50 yards out range, multiple parts of that landscape and keep a mental note. So what I did was uh, I had Alex come out with me. I got up in my, in my tripod stand and I took a picture of what was in front of me and I ranged like six different things. So that way I was like, all right, so if anything goes in between any one of these landmarks, I know relatively close what my shot's going to be at. So uh, I took, took a photo and then I just marked, I, I did it on like, I think I did it on Instagram on a story. I took a photo, you know, put the text over it with the, the range uh, the ranges. And then I saved it. And then I just kept that with me as a little note to be able to look back on. And I was sitting in the blind for probably like three hours before I had any, any deer come by. And finally I had a really good sized doe, uh, in a cut and a couple other smaller little fawns running in. And she was at about, I know she was between 40 and 45 yards from where she was standing. So I was like, you know what, I'm gonna set it at like 42, just somewhere in the middle. And I'm gonna go ahead and take a stab at it. And I was able to take a 42 yard shot on that doe. And she, she went even shorter than the shorter distance than the first one I had shot. She went maybe 10 yards. She, she cut right, kicked left again, fell down and inside of a minute she was down and and that was it. Um, I was super, super happy about that one, man. Again, just full of adrenaline. Um, and it it was just an amazing feeling to be able to pull it, pull a shot off like that in my, in my first season on, on another deer. 
So I, I was really, really thankful for that. It was a lot of fun. Definitely tested me a little bit more. And since I was able to track them where we were at, uh, the dust or the dirt is like real fine dust. Pigs don't bleed too much. And unfortunately, I shot too far back on the one that I did hit. So uh, I, I definitely got a, a gut shot on it and it ran off and it kicked left. And it, I mean, I could hear it just tearing through the brush behind me or to the left of me. And uh, I, I, I was sitting and waiting for about an hour or so, maybe two hours before I went to go try to find it. And unfortunately I didn't. And, and you know, that's just kind of par for the course, you know, as you continue to go out hunting, you know, you're going to take stabs. And unfortunately, sometimes it's not going to be a perfect shot. So, um, you know, I've gone hog hunting a handful of times. And I go out to some public land out here in Texas. You know, I've checked out San Houston. I've checked out uh, a spot over in Somerville and then Ranger Lake a couple of times. Went turkey hunting last weekend. Got to got to try calling turkeys for the first time, which was a lot of fun. Yeah. And we were doing a lot of spot and stalking there. Sat in a blind for a little bit trying to call turkeys in. But a little bit late in the season. And, uh, you know, we weren't able to call any any turkeys. And we did have one Jake that kind of came by at about 45 yards and cut through a mesquite and a cedar tree on me. And uh, he kind of stuck back there for a bit. And I was like, you know what? It's getting kind of late. I'm going to hop out and see if I can't go stalk it. And he just had disappeared on me, unfortunately. But, you know, main, main thing is, man, especially as a new hunter, you just go out and get your get your reps in. Get some experience of getting behind your bow, trying some stalks, sitting in a blind. Luckily in Texas, you know, we can hog hunt all year round. You've got exotics that you can hunt all year. So I'm able to get a lot of reps in on the off season when it's not, uh, you know, when it's not whitetail or, or any other type of season. Right. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, we can uh, we can hunt hogs uh, year round here in Florida as well. But I actually nice. I have not tried that yet, so I'm I'm uh, I'm working a few uh, connections on that. So hopefully I'll be able to uh, nice. do, do a pig hunt soon. So I'm excited about that. But it's a fun one, man. They're they're tough. They're tough for sure. You really got to make sure you hug you hug that chap right behind the shoulder blade and and stay real close to that because their vitals are smaller and they're a little bit more forward. So. Um, I think shooting a lot of foam can can kind of give you a bad idea of where some vitals are sometimes because uh, I, I placed what I thought was a really good shot on that hog. But when in looking back at the footage, it was just it was probably about three inches too far back. Had I made that adjustment, I pr I'm sure he wouldn't have gone too far. But, you know, again, like I said, it's it's all about getting the experience and, and getting those reps in. Yeah, no doubt about it. Man, we've covered quite a bit already. But uh, hey, do you mind telling me? like what your setup is, uh, currently, as far as, um, I know you mentioned that bear was the first bow you got, yeah. um, you know, if you've upgraded that yet or uh, anything you want to mention on your, uh, you know, sight, um, string arrow broadhead, anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So after, after I had that bear, um, I, so I had that bear approach for maybe two months after I left tack, I was, you know, I, I was super hooked. So I was like, you know what? I want to buy a new bow. So I ended up getting a PSE Embark which is a little more of like an entry-level bow, but it was great, man. I was, I harvested both those deer with that. It shot super consistently is real durable product. Uh, and then at the beginning of this year, I, I upgraded again and got myself a V3 X. I just wanted a bigger axle to axle bow. Uh, I'm a taller guy. I have a longer draw length. I have a 30 inch draw length. So, um, you know, I just wanted something that was going to have a little bit smoother draw cycle. So I've got the Matthews V3 X, the 33 inch, and then I've got the uh, fast Eddie XL with the dovetail. So I've got that extended out a little bit. And then I'm also running a uh, set of Quattro stabilizers. They're an awesome company that's based out of South Africa, actually. 
and they make great products, man. They, it, and what's cool is they they color match a lot of their uh, stabilizers. So for the V3X I have, you know, you can color match those and get the sidebar mount and switch switch out the weights and, and color code that to your bow and all that stuff. So uh, I'm a set. I'm an aesthetics guy. So I went with those stabilizers. Those have been awesome. Um, and then I got a set of gas bow strings. Those have been great as well too. Uh, and then I just switched over my arrows. So I was shooting the Axis SPTs, which is like their sport arrows. And then I switched over to the new four millimeter Axis long range arrows, which have been awesome. So going from a five to a four millimeter, it's a thinner diameter. So you get a little bit better penetration. It's a lighter arrow. So, uh, anytime I go hunting, I, I always run a fixed blade. That's just my personal preference. I know people argue and, and stuff like that around whether you shoot a mechanical or a fixed or whatever yep. at the end of the day man it's it's all preference so I, I like fixed blades uh currently i'm shooting the g5 montec but i am going to switch over to the annihilator broadheads i kind of like those snub nose looking broadheads and i feel like those won't make as much of an adjustment in the flight of my arrow for some reason every time i put those g5s on it kind of kicks my arrows right so hoping with the, the annihilators, I won't have that issue. And they have a really good cutting diameter on those. So I'll start running those for my next hunt. Um, yeah, man. And that, that's set up right now. I've got a, I've got a cable driven uh, uh, QAD rest at the moment as well, too. So yeah, man, I, I've got, I've got a great rig. I'm, I'm super happy with it. Alex is really good at, at building arrows. So I just, I just get my arrow shafts and I, I give them to him and, and he doctors them up for me. So he, he's really good at what he does there. That's fantastic. The, um, the annihilators i've had the uh guys on from elevate stand company which is uh up in kansas uh made in the u.s mm -hmm. and uh they're uh they're kind of partnered up with annihilator too so i've seen a lot of the stuff oh nice like yeah uh, you'll have to send me their information i'd love to check them out oh yeah yeah and uh but uh looks like looks like cool stuff and i'm shooting afflictors now which they're uh, i think they might be a texas-based business um but uh Anyway, it's always cool to see what people have set up and, you know, kind of yeah. is and stuff like that. Like, you know, I'm, you know, we're both new to, uh, to bow hunting and, uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm doing like a micro diameter as well. And, uh, mm -hmm. it's kind of interesting just how, how things like that go. It just, some of it is totally preference, you know, like if it makes sense in your mind and it helps you be confident, then, you know. Who knows if it's actually right scientifically or whatever, but you know, that's kind yeah, of yeah. feel about the, the micro diameter arrows. I'm like, it makes sense to me that there's like less resistance and better penetration, you know, mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm sure. Yeah. Some yeah. It's, it's all personal preference. It's, it's kind of, I kind of always go back to, uh, you know, like I said, my background's in fitness. So I always just kind of fall back on the thing, you know, if it works for you, you know, then it works for you. I'm, I'm never going to be of the mindset of like, oh, you know, this way is the only way. And that's the only way you should do it. Because I, I think that that's just, it's always, it's, it's always BS, man, you know, so, you know, if it works for you, and it's something you're comfortable with, and you're able to get your reps in, by all means, run it with you. And, you know, I, I get I get my, uh, I get my two cents when it's asked of me. And then, you know, that, that's it. Yeah, absolutely. And um, speaking of Matthews, too, you said you got a Matthews, my brother just got a Matthews as well. So he's, he loves it. So it's, uh, he's nice. Fantastic. So very what did he, what did he end up getting? Uh, I think it might be the VX three VX three. Is that, Oh, uh, the V yeah, the V three X. Yeah. Nice. V three X. There we go. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. I, um, I'd have to ask him. He was between, he was between a couple of them. I forget what the other one is called. Like, is it just, uh, uh, VR or something? 
uh, uh, the VXR. Yeah, the VXR is a little older one that, that I believe that was right before the V3. Uh, but shoot, man, you can't you can't go wrong with Matthews. You can't go wrong with Hoyt, PSE, Elite. I mean, all the all the big name bow brands. I mean, the the technology so far advanced on these. You know, at the end of the day, it's it's kind of just like whatever comes down to your preference and what feels comfortable in your draw and you know, kind of take it from there. If aesthetics are important to you, you know, look at that also. But for the most part, you know, everybody makes a really solid bow. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Well, man, we've we've just about covered everything. Um, I was, um, you mentioned like fitness and everything. Um, mm-hmm. You know, do you do a lot of, uh, I don't know, if if you have a couple minutes, if you want to give like a maybe a oh, nutshell yeah. of uh, your either, uh, you know, your viewpoint on fitness or some pointers or, things specific to bow hunting anything you want to mention on fitness and uh and then uh we'll wrap it up yeah man uh yeah absolutely so what i what i currently do is i i do a mix between what's called metabolic conditioning which is i guess kind of similar to like high high intensity interval training um and i i always like put my own programs together so three days out of the week i'll do what what i like to say what it's called what's called metabolic conditioning where you're doing five exercises um and for five rounds with about a minute and a minute and a half rest it's it's not a long workout it's super effective it helps boost your aerobic capacity your cardio your strength all, all wrapped into one and those exercises are all going to be a mixture of something like squats uh squatting hinging uh pushing pressing or carrying motions um, you know, something like farmer's carries, uh, squats, squat presses, kettlebell swings, um, yoke walks, anything like that where you're getting under a good load and then you're moving for either a certain amount of reps, uh, a certain amount of time or a certain amount of distance. And those are super effective, again, just for boosting your aerobic capacity, your cardio and your strength. And then in between those days, I'll do a, a push day, a pull day and a leg day, which is more just straight strength focused, hypertrophy training focused. So I kind of work on covering all aspects of my training and that's personally what works well for me. Uh, it helps to keep my joints healthy, you know, helps to work on like all your stable stabilizing musculature as well too, which super important. Anytime you're, you're rucking or hiking or anything like that, you know, you're never, you're never walking on two feet at the same time. Right. So focusing on stabilization and bulletproofing your joints is, is really, really important. So I make sure I put a, a, a lot of emphasis on that. Um, and then safeguarding my shoulders and my upper back as well, too. Obviously, a lot of repetitive use by drawing a bow on a regular basis. So wanting to make sure that my shoulders and elbows and, and upper back is is in good working order. So I do a lot of accessory banded work, stuff like that, really light. We're doing higher reps um, and just working on making sure everything's, you know, stable and fluid and you've got the range of motion that you need. Okay, cool. Yeah, sounds like uh, sounds like good stuff. Well, yeah, I, thank you. Yeah, once again, I appreciate you coming on, taking a few minutes today and I've definitely enjoyed uh, learning more about, you know, kind of your story as far as how you got into everything and what y'all have coming up. So, and if you, if you want to direct anybody to, uh, to follow you or visit a website or anything like that, um, just uh, let us know where to find y'all. Yeah. Uh, well, Amos, I appreciate you having me on again, man. Um, for y'all, those of y'all that are interested, my personal page is THWAC. It's T-H-W-A-A-C-K. Um, that's on all platforms. And then uh, our our company is DNA Archery Co. Um, that's also on Instagram. And then our website, if y'all are interested in looking at anything on there, it's DNAarcheryCo.com. Uh, and again, anybody that's interested or has any questions for me, ever needs any any type of like direction or anything like that, please, by all means, my inbox is always open. And thank you again for, for the support and, and having me on, Amos. I really appreciate it, man. Yes, sir. Absolutely, man. 
thanks again for listening to the Wannabe Hunting Podcast. And thanks again to Nick for joining us today. I just appreciate everybody um, staying tuned and following along and uh, the sport on Instagram, as well as those who've listened and left reviews. Uh, If you are enjoying the podcast, we certainly would appreciate it if you leave a rating and review, especially on iTunes, but uh, anywhere you listen, we we appreciate it. And uh, enjoyed uh, talking with Nick, enjoyed talking archery, so... I'm looking forward to continuing to practice, and I've got a little arrow build. Oh man, I'm trying to get done, so there's all kind of stuff, uh, all kind of stuff going on. Uh, We're going to be talking food plots in the near future, and uh, just keeping things rolling, and uh, it's been fun. Really, really have enjoyed doing the podcast, and uh, it's uh, it's been good. It's been educational for sure, and uh, appreciate everybody tuning in appreciate all the guests have come on but uh, again special thanks to nick for joining me on this episode hope everybody um has a good off season or if you're um you know hunting some hogs or whatever you've got going on uh this uh this summer good luck to you and as always honor god work hard have fun and keep hunting